Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me tonight, we have Swans Rule. Hello. Vaughn. Hi. And making his Big Footy Podcast debut, Milky. Hello. Now, we're coming off an, well, interesting 38-point win over Melbourne. Milky, what are your thoughts on the game? I was at the game, actually, this time. and It was a good game to watch, particularly the first half. I think we actually came out with some good intent. And it was good to see Tipper get amongst it, but particularly at the start, even though he stole a goal off, um, I think it was Mitchell's long kick-in at the start, when he socketed. Yeah, it was Mitchell. Yeah, it was Mitchell. It was good to see Pike get our first goal. It was good to see him kicking straight, not getting a mark and handballing it off, which is traditional Pike. Um, yeah, it was a good game. I didn't like how we ended, though. Didn't like how we just kind of let it all go at the... Um, at the... Oh, shit, what was I saying? At, uh, at the end of the match. Yeah, yeah we the let Melbourne get a little bit of a run on. Okay, well, yeah, I think we kicked... Was it, was like one goal seven in the fourth quarter? It was something ridiculous like that, yeah. I yeah, think that's correct. we need to fix our goal-kicking accuracy. It's going to cost us flag again. I think I think two games we have kicked more goals than points, I think, and that was it. Okay. That's not enough. So, Swans, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, um, that game was, after halftime at least, probably one of the worst games of football I've ever watched and sat through. It was um, Melbourne played a minimiser loss, I think, and they just played to lose by about 30-odd instead of getting blown out of the water, and we let them do that, which was disappointing. Um, got some all right highlights from the game, I guess. I think tip it early when the game was to be won. Getting on the scoreboard was important for the team. Um, Mitchell's two weeks have been brilliant. About time he's been playing. I can't see why he hasn't been. I know some people are a bit hard on some aspects of his game, his kicking and his defensive work, but I think what he does and what he brings to the side offsets any negatives, especially when compared to other people. Um, and his performance frees up Kennedy, Jack and Parker, who can go forward or eases the pressure on Kennedy. Hannabury's continued his good start to the year. Uh, McVeigh and Lloyd class when they get the ball. I think McVeigh had some crucial moments. And I think when the game was there to be won, Jetta played pretty well and showed that if he's on fire and the more he gets to the ball, the better the, the team can be because he uses it so well. Um, probably uh, Franklin didn't kick many goals and we still won. He's a positive. Um, yeah, there's a few negatives, but it's, it's a win's a win. That's all you get against Melbourne. Move on, I think. But, geez, yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that again. Oh, special mention to Gary Rowan. I don't think the stats would show the effort he put in. Um, and the Heaney injury, obviously, is upsetting, so I'm sure we've all got the black armbands on recording today's show. Vaughn, what are your thoughts on the game? Um, well, thanks, SR, for leaving me with about one player to talk about, um, which, ironically, is actually Reed, um, who you didn't mention, which is a surprise for once in your posting history. I actually want to give a lot of kudos to Reed. I thought that he played um, a good performance to top off the effort against Fremantle, his role is still a little bit undefined. Like, I know he drifts a little bit, but he seems to very much be a confidence player. I definitely felt at times that even though his marking was still a little bit suspect, his disposal and he could actually, you know, mark the ball instead of fumbling it. And, yeah, he just seemed to do the basic things which he would screw up before. 
a lot better. So kudos to him for that. Um, another player I want to mention is very frustrating, but also played a good game to echo what uh, SR, I don't remember what your name is. Um, Rowan. Rowan played a very, like, a very mixed game, I thought. Like, he would often do all of the hard stuff right. He'd get into the right position. He would, you know, pretty much set up another player or, or something, and he just wouldn't finish it off. So he lacks a bit of polish at the moment, and that's something which, when he improves on, it'll benefit us greatly. I really liked that we returned him to the forward line as well. His pressure in there was uh, very good as well, even though... Let's be honest, it was Melbourne. Probably didn't need that much pressuring anyway. It was a pretty boring game. I don't know what else to say aside from that. Good win at the end. Um, obviously, I'm deeply in mourning for Heaney. He had a good life. Um, yeah. Four to six. He's, he was dead. <laughs> I heard eight to ten on the radio today. Yeah, well, it's just going to keep going until you get to, like, you know, 45, 47 or something like that. True, true. Yeah, yeah. sorry, you are right. Kudos to Reed for not sucking for two weeks in a row. Well done. <laughs> May as well give my thoughts on the game as well. I have to echo a lot of the thoughts so far. I really think um, Tom Mitchell's really stepped up over the last couple of weeks when he has come into the side. You do notice, especially watching him live um, from the top, top deck of the MCG, he can run off his man a little bit, but he's generally getting more ball than his opponent, so we can't complain too hard there. I really think that the best part about having Mitchell at the team at the moment, and this was brought up earlier, is the fact that he allows players like Kennedy and Parker to be rested up forward. I mean, Kennedy was rest. I think, spent nearly a third of the game up forward yesterday, and it really showed and helped us with a couple of additional forward structures. Um, want to talk about Gary Rowan as well. He's, um, the moment that really pleased me from last night wasn't the fact that he's running, moving, and finding the ball in that as well. He's actually got a bit of his leap back. A few years ago, before when he got drafted, he had the um, second-highest standing vertical leap um, in the AFL draft combine history. And then with the um, leg break, I was honestly pretty worried that he wouldn't be able to get that back, but he can really get himself off the ground again, so that was really nice to see, and hopefully it just shows a little bit in the future how good a player he's really going to be. At the ground, whenever he was just within five, probably about yeah five ten meters of the ball, something always happened. I believe one time he tripped over and they got through, but that was all. Whenever he was around, something happened. It was really good to see. Yeah, he's um, he can have a few heart and mouth moments, Rowan. But geez, if Wigan hasn't polished to him, he's going to be a crazy player. I'm not going to lie. Our skills are still so terrible. Like, can can we even bring it up every single podcast? Like, does it just slowly lose effect if you talk about it every single week? Like, I, I just don't even comprehend how our kicking into the forward 50 can be so bad. Like, fair enough, our team, we're not Hawthorne. We can't draft or trade or do anything, actually. Um, but, you know, like, when McVeigh had the ball running into the 50, setting up, uh, Hannah's, I think it was, um, and moments before that, he set up another player as well. Like he actually lowers his vision. He looks around, sees who's making space, and that's literally what one more half a second, and 
None of our other players seem to do it. It's just bomber into 50. If we could actually hit a target at some point in this year, hopefully in the grand final, if we make it, I, d- I don't really think that there's a team that can beat us. It's just, oh, it's so frustrating. If we want to fix the clangers in our team, we need to do two things. One, bring back Isaac Heaney from the deaf. Um, it was courageous how he tried to stay on the field and everything last night, but long-term vision, guys. He needs to be fit come finals. Put him in cotton wool. Don't worry about him until then, and he'll come out and get a Norm Smith on the final day. He is our secret weapon. Second thing, we need to drop Shaw from the side. I, I know he gets blasted a lot, and I have been a pretty bad critic of his in the past. But against Melbourne, three out of their seven goals were from Shaw turnovers. And the week before, four out of the 11 goals that the Western Bulldogs kicked were from direct Shaw turnovers. And I'm not including ones that he turned the ball over further on in the field. That was an assisted goal. He is low on confidence right now. He's running like a headless chicken in traffic. He is a liability one-on-one in the contest. I cannot see what he is possibly bringing to our side at the moment. Sir Swans, I believe you have something to say about Shaw. I've been saying for ages, Shaw's cooked. He's done. He was done 2013. He came back from that injury, played against Geelong. I think he was the sub at Simmons Stadium when we got flogged, and he was rubbish, and he should have retired at the end of that game. Um He's done. He's cooked. I, I, I presume he was asked to stay on when we got the trade ban because there's, there's no sense in him playing. And people can bag goods out all they want, but I'd be looking down the back line first because that's where our worry is. And this magical role he plays, I'd rather move McVeigh down there or give a young guy a chance because he, he doesn't play on anyone. He doesn't really break the lines anymore. When he does get the ball, he turns it over or he butchers it with a helicopter kick and I mean, when Jack Watts runs on the ground and you can't even bump him over properly and he makes you look like a deal, I think it's time to walk away. He should have retired in the middle of that fourth quarter when Jack Watts made him look like a dick. That's the time to go, Shaw. How many How many times has Shaw come out of retirement for you? He should have retired Geelong, injury, and in the middle of the fourth quarter. Well, he hasn't retired yet, so he should have last night. He should piss off. The only player more annoying last night than Reece Shaw was Heath Shaw and I watched the GWS game. That, that whole family irritating. And Tony oh my Shaw god, that game was a, orgasmic, wasn't it? Tony oh, Shaw's a terrible scoreline. It's fantastic. Oh, uh, I was nearly as aroused by that game as I was by Heaney's bulging biceps. That was an amazing <laughs> match of football. I knew you were going to say that. In all seriousness, though, guys, this week, when is the funeral for Heaney? Maybe after Shaw's retirement, (laughs) something which is never going to come. Wouldn't Shaw's retirement be the wake for Heaney's funeral? Mm, Not sure. All I know is the last time Sir Swans wrote a player that hard, (laughs) Reed, he actually strung together a few good games. He played one excellent game and one average game. So let's see if Shaw can do that. That's why I averaged it out. Excellent and average, good. Come on, Shaw. Prove me wrong. But if Longmire had any guts, he would drop him this week. Shaw won't get dropped until after the Hawthorne game if he gets absolutely tonked. Like Lathe did last year. You know he won't get dropped. Shaw got tonked. Shaw got outperformed by Jack Watts last night over four quarters, and he was only on for the last quarter. 
speaking of guys who are cooked, um, Adam Goods wasn't that flash at all. Like, I know he kicked his customary, what, two goals at the end of the game to keep me in the team. But, like, in the third, when there was even a little bit of pressure, he was just a bit fumbly. I I don't know. He just didn't look very good. And I'm one to be, you know, fairly optimistic about Goods, and he just looked very poor. Like, he still had the class and the finish. Like, some of his... Uh, kicks, especially when he was around the boundary in our forward 50, squaring it up in the middle, um, sorry, to the middle. Those times were when his pure skills came through and that was excellent. But his his actual running, you know, it's I just don't think we can carry that against a top team. Every well, time he got the loose ball, he would always just like hold on to it and just draw the man coming at him, but he could never get the handball off quickly enough for it to be clean. It was always it always led to another stoppage. I'm actually he going to put it on his left foot. He's got a weird retarded action when it, the ball's there and he's got to sort of hover and he goes to half kick and doesn't kick it and then when the ball's on the ground he won't bend properly. You just want to go out and push him down on the ground and say bend over. Oh but, I'm okay, actually then. going to <laughs> take it no I'm, I'm actually going to argue with you guys here. I don't think Goods was as bad as some people have made him out to be the other night. Like, he might play better. He's played better and maybe... Sorry, can, can we just can we just backtrack? Sorry, sorry Bones. Can we just backtrack to SR asking Goods to bend over and take it? Am I sensing a bit of frustration? Last podcast, you were talking about, what was it, the erection for your sister? What? Okay, let's just move on from here. I don't listen to the show. (laughs) Let's just move on from here. Like, in all seriousness, though, in regards to the goods argument, I actually um, don't think he was that bad last night. I mean, from 45% on ground, he had 12 disposals and 83% efficiency, two goal assists and a goal. It's not about the stats. Forget the stats. Just watch him play. He can't move from the start. He isn't covering the ball. He played better than the week before. He's in the side. I think he gets the three or four weeks. Let's see what he can do. He's in. He's halfway through his trial in a way. He's he's an option up there. I don't. I'm not ready to write him off just yet. But he hasn't wowed me. But we'll Look, see what he does against he the Cats and then the Hawks. I think. He didn't wow me the other night. But I thought coming on as the substitute after Heaney and pray pray for him, guys, pray for him went off with his injury. Um, Goods came on. I don't think he's that bad or. Nowhere near as bad as people are making him out to be. He was far from being the worst player on the field from us on the oh, night. He wasn't, definitely wasn't the worst player on the ground that night. No, that was sure. But how many how many games has Goods played? Three sixty something. Three fifty four, I believe. Yeah. So he hasn't quite got the experience yet to come on after a Heaney and, and take over because that's a pretty big ask. You probably need to get four fifty games before you can do that. So cutting some slack. But in all seriousness, I think. It was, an, it was a 5 out of 10. There were some all right moments. I, I wouldn't be too worried. Let's see what he does this week. Like, I, I don't sub, think it's the type of game up. that you can drop him out after or single him out from. I, I think it was service. It wasn't Adam Goods worthy, like, or, and nowhere near Isaac Heaney worthy, but it wasn't a bad performance. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was a subs performance. Yeah. That was it. The a game was over when he came on, really. So, I don't know. And we were throwing that forward line around a fair bit last night. I mean, even Ted bopped up. <laughs> that was the there. strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was okay. I thought that was like, you know, let's get Ted and see what this back line without him can do when he retires. Pretty yeah. bad, actually. I think Hogan kicked a goal in like five seconds after that happened. 
on Rampy. Rampy should never. Hogan made Rance look shit, so he shouldn't be one or out with Rampy. Rance should, should have known that against Fife the other week. Mm. Hogan's got the most contested marks out of everyone in the competition, so you really wouldn't want someone only Rampy size playing on him one on one. We can go on about our kicking efficiency and all that, but the Achilles heel at the moment is the backline as a whole. Apart from Nick Smith and his lockdown sort of role, I mean, Richards and Grundy ideally should like, shift over to Grund- a second and third tall, and Richards is arguably almost as cooked as Shaw and Goods in some ways. He can't what has Grundy the done wrong this year? Oh, nothing. I just think ideally Grundy would be your second tall. We don't have it. We're lacking a player. He's been, he's been nearly to perp. Like, I can't think of anyone this year that's really gotten a hold of Grundy and towed him up. No, they haven't. But who, would you want Grundy on Roughhead or Hawkins or Cloak? I, I'd feel more comfortable with Grundy on one of those players than Richards, definitely. No, and Grundy's the leader of the back. He has to take. He has to take that job. But ideally, you wouldn't have him on there. Well, we don't right. have a big defender right now with the way Grundy's performed um, so far this year. And you guys might laugh at me a little bit for this, but I'd be thinking he'd nearly be in the Australian squad as a defender, like. He won't make the final team with the likes of McDonald absolutely tearing it up, but um, and no one he, on this show with half a brain has ever questioned Grundy's spot in the team. Only, <laughs> only complete fools who ever suggested he's anything other than Stella. But when the ball hits the ground in that back line, Ted's a little bit weak, and Rampy has his brain farts, and Grundy occasionally has a brain fart, and Laidler's got an ill-defined role, but he, he's performing all right. I just think. It all comes down to the performance of our midfield, keeping the pressure off that back line and delivering it forward. That's where we're going to win the premiership in the middle. That would be the case for any team in the competition, though. I mean, look at Hawthorne. They can have Lake and Frawley in the back line, but if their midfield gets spanked, no amount of of defensive pressure will be able to save them. Same with any team in the competition. Everyone back into that back line. It's still the same. Like, if if you win the midfield battle, nine times out of ten, you'll win the match. Thanks, Bruce. Oh, you're welcome. Is it is it a game of two halves? No, it's more four quarters. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to agree to disagree with you on that one. Um, I don't I don't eight? think <laughs> no, I don't mean about that. I meant more about the uh, back line. Like I don't think they've been as bad. Yes, I definitely agree that um, the roles could be a bit more defined. Like and sure, you can know, you put down? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, okay, sure, can Taking get castrated. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's Obviously, Shaw's been a weak link, and, and we all know our backline is prone to brain farts, but they haven't been too bad. Like, for me, in that Fremantle game, when we got absolutely demolished, um, actually, that's a very bad example. Let's just forget about that game. I just felt they're like... They're not bad. They're, they're actually, considering the amount of pressure yeah, that's and the what fact I mean. they're undersized, they midfield. actually perform really well. But. Yeah, when our midfield has fallen apart and the ball has been coming in a lot, I think any other... I think they've just been tested a lot more, um, maybe more than other games last year. And I think that, obviously, the more you test the team, the more mistakes they're going to make, the more goals you're going to concede. But I don't think that's really the fault of the defence. Um, as Bonds was saying, if the midfield doesn't do the job, it makes the job of the back line harder. And, yeah, I don't think, obviously, our midfield's been too flash. So, you know, yeah. Our midfield's just gone how to run two ways. Yeah, two, we need the defence needs to push back and support the ball when it's on the ground in the back line because Ted and that, 
like I'm saying, when it hits the deck, he's not that good, but he shouldn't have to crumb the, the packs in the back line. There should be a Jack or a Parker, or, not maybe not Jack, but anyone. The midfield should be pushing back and running forward like Jeddah and other people. The midfield needs to work hard. When we're at our best, we have that two-way running and then you get the slingshot overlap. But I think we got caught on the overlap quite a few times from people wanting to run forward and, and do the easy work and not the hard work when we've looked at our worst this year. That's just going to be a concern against the big sides, I think, but we'll see. I mean, you can't read too much from the Melbourne game. It's just bank four points, move on, I think. Now, speaking of um, big sides, this week we're coming across a team that may have dropped off a little bit over previous years, but were pretty good on the weekend in Geelong. How do you guys actually see the match going, Vaughn? Um, love how you guys, how, love how you asked how everyone thought of the match, and then you asked me. Um, I value your opinions. <laughs> you should. Um, it's going to be, look, any match from here on in is going to be very difficult without our saviour. I actually don't know how he managed to win a game without Heaney. So that's been, that's probably the main concern. Um, but in all seriousness, I really don't know what to make of Geelong this year. They've, obviously their old guys have gone on a year too long, which is no different to ours. And their youngsters are a bit all over the place. Some of them have shown a bit. Um, Duncan's come on in the last two games. They're just a, and of course, Clark not going into his personal issues, but I don't know if he'll play next week. It's just, um, yeah, it's just to me a side that isn't very settled or consistent. So I don't really know. Like when I remember, probably the only thing for me about that side that has been consistent is uh, Selwood coming in to save them whenever the game is there to be won. So he's still an absolute gun. Aside from that, Stevie J, he's you know he's been all right. All of the big old names that we all all associate with Geelong in their era of dominance are are a bit out of it. So yeah, I don't know what to make of Geelong. I think we should win, but as I said, I don't know which side will turn up. I think there's um, a couple of players you didn't mention who were important to Geelong. I think that Blick. Blah, blah, whatever his name is. Blitzard. Yeah, I can't say his name, but I wanted to say he was good. I don't know. No, he's having, a, he's having Blitzard. a really good Mark year. Mark Blitzard. Better players when I watch. And, and Motlop, they love getting the ball in the Motlop's hands. I think he's I, – I don't, can't be bothered checking the stats, but I think he's probably getting a lot more of the ball this year. Um, and I, he's a good, pretty good user. So he's – and Enright's still all right for an old bloke too. So Taylor Taylor will just mark it all day if we bomb it into the forward line because Lonnie going to go to Buddy, I reckon, because he – Normally can get away with anything and not give away a free on Buddy, so be licking his lips. Um, it'll be an interesting game, but if we, we, really we should win. I hate it when we play at ANZ, though, so we'll see. I'm expecting about a 20-point win, something like that. In regards Can't. to what you said about Motlop, he isn't, he's been getting a bit more into ball in some games, but in others is possibly the most inconsistent player in the competition at the moment. He's a bit like Lewis Jeddah, but he's probably a bit better. He is, okay, he is better than Jeddah, but in terms of consistency, gap between his best and worst is a bit much. But if he's on, and you could, he's just the sort of player you could see lighting it up against the outside. And without Birdie there to do his super tagging job, I mean, he might get off the leash. So watch out. Was that a little bit of sarcasm I heard there? Yeah, just a tad. Who do you hate more, Bird or Shaw? Oh, Craig Bird's on. actually one of the. My favourite players, but yeah, like seriously, read or seriously, Milky, that question would have been a bit of a sure thing with that answer. Oh, that's actually, Reed. I quite like Reed. I just think he's capable of better. He should earn his spot in the team. But Shaw's the only player I don't have much time for in the side. He's been all right. 
back to the Geelong game, I think the biggest thing that's going to help us win is if we don't let them get the spare man in defence, particularly Harry Taylor, because he will go for the mark and he'll just jump between Tippett and Franklin all damn get all damn day and get those intercept marks. So if they ever chuck a spare man back, we have to have an even number forward line. Generally, yeah. the spare player that Geelong have been using this year has actually been um, Corey and Wright. So if we I can watch the Geelong games, but my point still stands. God, yeah. man, that guy up. We've really got to, yeah. Ed Wright's actually been in really superb form yet again. Like he he does it every year. He go goes along, gets his compulsory All Australian award, but you can't really say it isn't deserved. He performs week in week out. Look, I'm not. Actually, that's actually a good question. Who do you guys see um, as possibly playing as a defensive forward on end right this week? Sorry, go. No, you're. Right. I was just being an asshole. <laughs> in other <laughs> words, you're being yourself. In for Heaney, to be honest, you wouldn't. Goods definitely wouldn't do it. I could see potentially Rowan going on it with his speed, just to. Cut him off, maybe just get a couple of spoils tackling just so we can't get a you know clear kick out. I, I could, you're going to hate me for saying it, I could see Towers coming in. I think Horse would just go, this is your guy, don't let him do, you know, be too damaging, get, you know, however many pressure acts, give him some, you know, key, key indicators to hit so he can actually, you know, have a solid game. Look, I wouldn't actually have anything against Towers coming in this year. He's a little bit inconsistent at times, but I actually think he's been pretty good when he's been inside. I just hope that they don't find some sort of miraculously stupid excuse to drop to drop Mitchell. That'd be. There's no way on it. God's green earth, they'll drop Mitchell. Surely. We are talking about Longmire and the Swans' current yeah, selection yeah. committee, though, with Mitchell. Have we, um, have we got Maybe much? Maybe go in the microwave. Have we got much news about? Um... Uh, Lloyd and Hannery, like I, I'm pretty Both sure... Both are going to be fine. Longmire stated they're going to be fine and will play this week. So it shouldn't be that many issues. Um, Hannery was able to jog off the ground in the end anyway after struggling a little bit first and Lloyd was back on within about three minutes. Uh, I wouldn't have well, any He looked a bit proppy. It. Looked a bit proppy, but look, I'm taking the coach's word. I know, touch on wood, but... I honestly think that they should both be fine to play this weekend. The only change will be Heaney going out for probably either Towers or Cunningham. Not Bird? I don't think so. I think uh, Longmire will just stick to the three extractors, which means Kennedy Kennedy and Parker, guaranteed. So it's Bird versus Mitchell, and Mitchell hasn't done anything worthy of being dropped except not goals, which Bird would just always has a freakish snap every game. How do you come in to play half forward? But yeah, he didn't play. He didn't play in the reserves, though, did he? I uh, know he was the travelling emergency. Yeah. So, so if they're going on get, keeping match fitness, it'll probably be Towers or Cunningham, I guess, someone like that. You could even oh. play Bird as the defensive forward, actually. Yeah. Maybe tag and right, maybe the last time he tagged someone in the back half. I think also go Bird for Heaney, but I would probably go. I don't know, Towers. I'd probably bring Hiscox in this week for sure, or. Jones, just give a young kid a go. That would be too adventurous. Yeah, personally this week, I think Cunningham and Bird will come in. Sure, will go out of the team and never play a game again. No, he won't. No, he won't. He won't get dropped till um, after the Hawthorne game. He'll probably get a contract extension during the week. <laughs> 
Uh, I reckon Shaw will go this week. Isn't he still in the leadership group? He's not getting dropped. Uh, didn't he? No, he got taken out this year, didn't he? Yeah, he's been taken, taken out. out. Taken out, yeah. To the car park. <laughs> Bricks tied around his feet. Look, my, my two big issues this week is, one, how do you replace a demigod and Heaney in our side? And two, how, who's going to possibly match up on Selwood in the midfield? Oh, like, we have to bring in Bird. He, he's, he's the best tag I've ever seen. He has to play on Selwood. Someone who can tackle without getting anywhere near his neck and give away five free kicks in a row. Ben's actually played a very good, um, has played very good tagging games on Selwood, actually, I wanted to say, after I was taking the piss about Bird. Um, I wouldn't be opposed because what do you guys make of his game against Melbourne? Like, he tried very hard but lacked polish, very similar to Rowan, crumbed around a lot in the forward, so I don't that's, know if. That's we'll, McLean. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's polish. That does it every week. (laughs) Yeah, but it was just more obvious against Melbourne, who has no skills. I I like McGlynn when he has a role, like go out and piss this person off or something. I wouldn't mind him. Just go out and beat Joel Silver's shadow or something like that and see if you can make a new sense of yourself, kick a goal. That wouldn't be the worst plan. Look, I wouldn't have any issue with um, McGlynn doing a tagging role on Selwood anyway. He's one of the few players in our team that can really get underneath someone's skin, and I think that's the Small only way... Get him high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, either him or Cunningham, they, no matter how hard they tackled, I don't think they'd be able to really quite draw the high contact from Selwood, no matter how low he ducks. No disrespect to Geelong, but, and it's probably just me. It's kind of hard not to think two weeks ahead in the round eight game. Why are you so worried about a game against someone who's barely in the top eight? You, they're still the benchmark in this comp. <laughs> benchmark doesn't get beaten by GWS. Yeah, but if, if there was a Hawks fan here, they'd point out their injury list. And the umpiring in that game was actually pretty woeful in that first half. Didn't they win the first? No, they were down by four. I don't, I don't recall Shane Mumford getting looked after by the umpires as much as... In his la- at his last team as he does in this current side. No, no. He's actually um, got a positive free kick differential this year. I know. Oh, when did that happen? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember to say that. This is the guy who got reported for tackling Gary Ablett Jr. <laughs> <laughs> now, he now he can't do anything wrong. It's a joke. Doesn't anyone get tackled for attempting to get tackle Gary Ablett, though? Oh, reported for attempting to tackle <laughs> Gary Ablett. <laughs> I'm out of it. Give me a second break. Yeah, play at the Suns. Look, anyways, um, may as well. What is everyone's predictions for this weekend? Linton? Oh, sorry, Milky. <laughs> um, I think I think we'll win probably by about four, maybe five goals. It all depends if how we go entering the forward fifty, I guess, and actually running hard in the center. We've every game we lost, we just didn't run defensively in the midfield, and if we don't do that, Geelong will get a sniff, and I think Geelong are good enough side that if they get a sniff, they'll capitalise. So, got to get them out in the middle first. Let's introduce a new segment. Um, I call it Shaw Watch. How many clangers do you guys think he will have? Two, because you only get about five possessions. (laughs) He's going to get eight possessions, five clangers, and turn over three goals. I would also like to point out possibly the best. Off, I've also got a question for you guys. 
Oh, not a question, a statement, and a, the best statistic you guys were here all year. The Carlton Football Club, the only team not to have won in Australia all year. <laughs> you know what? There is a very funny Twitter page, and I'm very sad that it's probably not effective now, but it was, um, have Carlton won a game this year? And its only tweet was no. It was probably my favourite Twitter account for like for a month. Well, they get they um, okay, get to win again in Australia. Back onto my predictions. Um, yeah, look, Geelong just aren't really the side they were anymore, in my opinion. They lack. They just lack something. Um, Skill. Yeah, skill, Isaac Heaney, whatever. Um, I think we'll win by about 37 points. Uh, I was having a look at the last time we played Geelong, actually, and that was 110 points. So I think we're, we're down on form a little bit. I think we'll win by 108. <laughs> <laughs> I think Geelong have only picked on rubbish, Collingwood, Richmond's. First, they beat Gold Coast, just. Yeah. Oh, Gold Coast beat them. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, Geelong beat yeah. them. Just. Yeah, like four points. No, look, if we if we come out switched on, we're due for a good win. We're going to spank him. Let's, yeah, we're going to kill him, I think. Yeah, but it's an ANZ. Yeah, we'll kill so, him. Nah. I, I think... Back on your short clanger thing, just for a quick second. I had a quick look at his recent clangers against Melbourne. Quick, quick look. Yeah, quick looks. He had two clangers, Western Bulldogs, three, Fremantle, three. Out of how many disposals? Like five? Uh, disposals. Hold on a second. Uh, uh, 21 against Fremantle with three clangers. Against Western Bulldogs. 14 with three clangers. And last night... Where is he? Uh, 12 with two clangers. I would also like to point out, just on your short clanger statistics here, that if he chips the ball 15 metres to a 50-50 contest, that's considered an effective disposal, so... I thought, is that seriously how they count effective disposal? I yes. thought it was... Wow, that's awful. That's why half-back flankers have such high disposal efficiency. It's ridiculous. If you, you kick, if you kick to a contest, <laughs> if you kick or handball to a contest... It is considered an effective disposal. What if you run around like a retard on the half back line doing fuck off? I mean bugger off. <laughs> that's <laughs> just that's considered a reshore. Is that like a is that a shore count? <laughs> Surely he's gonna be dropped. Oh, oh my god, don't Surely. don't drops until round until after round eight. Okay, anyways, my final predictions um, for this week. Swans by 42 points, sure to get dropped and give six clangers in the reserves. I'm sure Grimlock will be able to find us the statistics for that. And I hope you guys enjoyed this week's podcast. Thank you for listening and good night.